here's, here's what I believe. We cannot afford to compete. We have to collaborate. We cannot afford to compete. We have to collaborate. This scarcity mentality that, that starts in business, I gotta get mine so that nobody else can get theirs. Number one, I don't wanna live that way. Number two, it really doesn't work. Well, hey, friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm with my main man, David Bloom. What's up, man? Hey, Alan. How's it going? You you holding up in quarantine? We are navigating. Uh, there's six yeah. humans living under the same roof, and uh, it is it is mostly beautiful. And so, obviously, there is so much pain and loss of life, frustration in people's lives, learning new roles, um, business leaders grieving, church leaders needing to make hard decisions. All of that has been so hard to watch. But there's some beautiful things that have come out of this. And mm -hmm. one of those is some extra space. Uh, so I feel like there's extra space every night's family night for the Briggs fam. And that's been great just to spend some extra time with my kids. I really have no excuse to be rushed these days. Mm -hmm. And that's been beautiful uh, for me. And also uh, coaching sessions have been fire. I mean, they've been so good to lean in with leaders, uh, so many people looking for wisdom and discernment. And I feel like this is sort of a time that we shine in the midst of that. So um, that's how I'm answering the question, trying to seize new opportunities. How do you answer that question, David? How are you holding up? Yeah. I mean, basically you can either become, you know, anxious or frustrated, or you can look at it as, uh, an opportunity. And that's what we've been trying to do at the church, just figuring out how do we reflect um, Jesus in the midst of this. And there's amazing opportunities for that, both on a personal level and then corporately as a church. So yeah, it's a lot of learning new things. Um, but the, you're talking about the pace and, you know, my wife and I, Suze, we've been on like a thousand walks since this, like out by the river or on a trail. Um, you know, our dog is probably sick of how many walks that we've taken him on. Stop walking me. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a different, you, we have to adjust, but taking that adjustment as an opportunity rather than, um, a massive burden is, I think is the only way to stay sane with it. Man, I've rediscovered walking and just like, I'd forgotten about it for like a year. My wife and I used to go on walks all the time and just realizing Man, it's a stress reliever. It makes meetings go by really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. I get some of my best thoughts when I'm on the move. And and I've always been a, you know, runner, mountain biker, hiker, but there's just something nice about going on a stroll and suddenly you put in a mile or two or three and you have no idea. So it's funny that you say that cuz I think a lot of people are rediscovering walking in this time and um hopefully not just rediscovering more shows on Netflix. So I'm a lot of people are reading, so that's been cool to watch reading challenges go out online. Uh, one of the beautiful things, David, that I have watched come out of this is collaboration. Businesses, nonprofits, and churches helping each other out, trying to figure out, navigate, hey, what'd you guys do here? Sharing the idea with others. And uh, that's something that I'd love to hear from you, David. I know you've been part of uh, some collaboration there locally. How have you seen the church and as well as local churches and networks come together during this time. Yeah. I think generally when we first experience something like this, we want to withdraw and kind of go to our own 
tribes for safety and self-preservation. And because money could be tight or you could be making budget cuts and it freaks us all out. But these are the moments where it's most powerful when we learn how to collaborate, when we um, are generous with our time and our resources in this moment. So there's a a group of pastors that meet together once a month in uh, Steamboat Springs area. And there's about 13 to 14 pastors that get together across denominations. And we've done all sorts of stuff together. We've preached a sermon series where um, we developed a a four-week sermon series that we all preached, even the Catholic Church, Episcopal Church, Methodist Church. I mean, cross denominations, we've done things like that. And and in this moment, uh, one of the beautiful things is we, uh, a couple pastors, got together and started Route County Praise, which is our the name of our county. And, you know, there's over a thousand people in this group. And at 7.14 p.m. every night, uh, we pray together for our local community, our nation, and our world. And that all just started, um, you know, out of the need, like, hey, we have to get together and pray on this. And so this group is filled full of people from all across the the valley, um, from different churches and things like that. So to see moments like that has been so encouraging and it shows the unity of the church that we're not in competition and that we're not falling into a scarcity mindset, but we're, we're learning how to collaborate and, um, yeah, amazing stuff has come from it that I could share a ton about, but that was just one of the things that, that popped up recently. And that stuff's happening all over, man. I love how God is using you there. I mean, that really is so much of your wiring to bring people together, non-anxious, non-threatening. So it really feels like our team at Stay Forth, this could be a moment where we shine. We're really kind of in our own spheres, not only our families, uh, but the places God has put us for this time and this season um, to, to be ready to pull people together. So great work. I love watching this and, and hearing these things unfold. Uh, crisis divides, but it also has the opportunity to bring us together. Mm-hmm. And like you said, our first thought is scarcity. We don't have enough. We're competing against other people. And yet the call here is actually for abundance to say, that we've been through this before. The church has a long history of going through these things. The economy has a long history of going through these things. God's not surprised by this. And oh yeah, we really need each other right now. Local businesses that are sharing each other's stuff online, encouraging each other to do things, working together. uh, Some incredible things are happening locally because of some of the limitations that we have now. We, We absolutely have no excuse not to come together during this time, not to work together, to partner, to collaborate strategically. So I thought this would be a good time to air a talk that I actually gave to some local business leaders uh, here in my city, Colorado Springs, and it's a developing economy. We've had you know five or six really good years of collaboration and new things and um, had a chance to speak to a room full of, uh, I don't know, maybe 80 or 90 local business leaders to share from what we get to do at Stay Forth Designs, how that translates to those, many of those um, not following Jesus in the room. So I felt like it was a cool moment and opportunity to be able to share uh, just a little bit. And so there's some Q&A sprinkled in there as well. We had great conversations that morning. So we want to focus you guys back on the idea of abundance, away from scarcity, away from competition. We are indeed collaborating in God's economy. There is no space for the scarcity mentality that says you are against me and we don't have enough. So hope you enjoy my chat with local business leaders. And as I talk about collaboration that is so near and dear to our hearts here at State Board Designs. 
All right, a uh, quick show of hands. This would be helpful for me. Uh, all right, good, we got one, thanks. We got five, we got humans here in the room. Awesome, that's always great. Um, if you run your own business, raise your hand if you run your own business. Okay, if you work for somebody else, no one's admitting it in the room, okay? It's all right, it's not an, a shameful thing. Uh, run a nonprofit or work closely, maybe on a board of a nonprofit. Okay, great, super helpful for me. Um, three years ago, my leadership coaching was flat. Business had flatlined, I wasn't getting any new leads. You know when you lose that spark and you just say, kind of one of those days at the end of the day, I don't know why anyone would actually want to be part of this if I'm honest. I don't know what, what I actually possess that the guy down the street doesn't. It was one of those moments. And uh, as I always do when I'm in trouble, or lacking inspiration, I call friends. That's what I've always done. When you don't know what to do, what do you do? And for me, it's I call other people. And so I needed to tap into some kind of collective genius and collective wisdom. And so I called two or three people. And of course, it always leads to them saying, hey, have you thought about this person? And they said, well, why don't you call Mike? So I gave Mike a call. Now, he's busy, and he runs a marketing agency. And so he was able to give me kind of 30 minutes in between calls. And about 10 minutes into the call, I was explaining, you know what, I've got these tools over here and, and this content, and we've got this leadership coaching stuff that I'm really passionate about and, and I think is good, but it's flat for some reason, but they're not connected. And about 10 minutes into the call, he said, you need to connect your tools and your coaching. And it was one of those that in a moment, I knew it was true, I knew it was right, but it was so close to my face. How did I not see that? Anybody else had that kind of experience? where you go, duh, how could I not see that? It was right there in front of me. Well, he helped unlock something that day that has made us a lot of money, of course. Um, thanks for that. But really has unlocked some things in me and said, of course, that's who I am. That's sort of the fullness of things coming together. And here's what I believe about connections. I'm so passionate about humans along with us other humans on the journey is this. One plus one doesn't equal two it can equal 12,000. It, it can equal a million and 63. And that's what I've seen is one person giving me one thought in the right moment, one comment, that moment has changed the course of my life, my fulfillment, and of course, our business in the process. That has become our most popular, our most fruitful, our most productive process is 10 tools and 10 sessions. From one comment, 10 minutes into a conversation. Now what I know about this room is that you've been that one comment. You've been that one source, that one idea, that one thought that's unlocked something, and you've also had that unlocked for you. And um, here's, here's what I believe. We cannot afford to compete. We have to collaborate. We cannot afford to compete. We have to collaborate. This scarcity mentality that, that starts in business, I gotta get mine so that nobody else can get theirs Number one, I don't want to live that way. Number two, it really doesn't work. Based on the, the scarcity mentality. So here's what I think, I would call that rivalry over here. Rivalry, and we'd say that's a long way from collaboration over here. So rivalry and let's call collaboration generosity. Those are a long way away. And I think it's pretty easy to understand rivalry. But I want to talk about the difference between partnership and collaboration. Partnership and collaboration. Reciprocity is what I'll call partnership. That makes sense, right? I drove past KFC and A&W, and it's like, yep, they share the same building, they both need bathrooms, they both need a greasy floor, so we're gonna put you in the same place. But nobody's been like, are you kidding me? 
they share the same place. Like, it's not really that notable. It's not really that big of a, of a deal. But when I think about what collaboration does, it's a beautiful story that unfolded in our city. Any fans of Switchback Coffee in here? All right, if you're not, you, oh, wrong one. If you're not a Switchback fan, you should be. See, collaboration. Uh, love Switchback Coffee. I also love Loyal Coffee. Any fans of Loyal? Just a few blocks away here. Um, these guys, you could say, are in competition. They both roast coffee. They're in the same city, just a few miles apart. And yet, before Loyal Coffee was about to open, they had an oh crap moment. The roaster didn't ship on time. It wasn't going to arrive. We're going to open a coffee shop, but we can't roast coffee. What are we going to do? Well, Switchback heard about it. Their direct competitors should be rivals. And they said, you can roast your coffee on our machine. I love what's happening in this city. Collaboration works. It feels like it's not gonna work, but it works. I believe people want to be generous. People want to collaborate, but there's three things that I think people are looking for, and we should look for. Number one is humility. Humility, we're looking for people that know that there are others that do it better than themselves. Number two is hunger. We're looking for people that are ready to hustle, right? That are ready to invest, that are ready to, to put some skin in the game. And the last one is preparation. Somebody that's actually ready to plan, prepare, and execute. When I find those three things, something beautiful is about to happen. Somebody ask us, as I, as I close here, somebody ask us, so why do you think it's working? Why is your business working? Which is a little insulting, right? When your friend asks you that, they're kind of amazed. Like, it's actually working, why is it working? And I'd say, number one, we just keep taking our next right step. Like we didn't quit, basically. And we just kept showing up, right? So congrats for all of you guys. You haven't quit yet. And number two is we focused on the who over the what. The who over the what. Who are we going to work with? Who's going to make us better? And who is going to take us to the next level? Thanks. There's a collective genius in the room. You put many genii together, and it's even greater, right? It's exponential. Um, but I think it's because in those stuck moments, that's what's always taken me to the next level. When I don't have what it takes, when I don't have the idea, and I would say I'm an innovator, I come up with some new ideas, but the best ideas for me have always come from people adjacent, maybe somebody in a similar business, um, somebody who gets the journey, somebody who understands it, and there's empathy there. And so number one, the best ideas have always come from somebody else. But number two, I just like to be known. As a human, we like to be known and heard. And that empathy, like this is a great Freaks Like Me club. When you're like, maybe other people in your life think you're weird. Why'd you take that risk? Why'd you do it? And then you have one conversation and you go, ah, oh, they get me. And so I don't know, I like to be gotten. I, I like to be understood. But secondly, I also like ideas that when I'm flat, when I'm stuck, when I got no spark, they take me to the next level. So I found both of those within that. And I love to give both of those. Uh, I'm a connector and a matchmaker, as Josh said, so I love to kind of be that blind date and get them together and then get out of the way and kind of watch those creative explosions happen. Like the, the story that I had with Mike would be somebody from a different agency um, that has given me an idea that said, hey, why don't you do this? They don't know about leadership coaching. They don't know about the consulting stuff that I do, so they've actually given me an idea and said, why not? Why wouldn't you do this? And I sometimes do the same, where I say, well, why wouldn't somebody else, like in a school district, or why wouldn't somebody else in you know, this kind of agency or that kind of agency, I'm working with some insurance agencies right now, giving them ideas, and honestly, what I don't know about insurance is probably helping me, because I say, why wouldn't you do this? 
And they're like, dang, compliance. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what compliance is, tell me. But you lean in, right? <laughs> now I understand why they hate it so much. But, um, but then we lean in and we, we say, why not? So usually the best ideas have come from, well, why not? Why not do this? And sometimes there's a good reason. Other times the reason is we've never done it that way. Because I'm outside of your industry. I don't care. I actually don't know. Um, and then I would say, secondly, um, I've connected the right people at the right time, especially when they're new to our city. They've tapped into it. There's an incredible network here in our city. I love what's happening. And so to tap into that network, I've connected some coffee owners actually to these guys and say, I promise you they will celebrate. They won't compete. Um, and so, yeah, I love that connecting, matchmaking piece of that. Yeah, so uh, when people ask, what do you do? Well, we, we help leaders and organizations get healthy and reach more impact. Uh, I am burdened by overwhelm and burnout in leaders. There is so much burnout going on today, and if there's not, it's often pre-burnout, which I call overwhelm. So we help leaders get unstuck, but a lot of times in their personal life, uh, time, decision-making, technology, all those things we wrestle with, saying yes, saying no, making the next right decision, and uh, clarifying our focus is a lot of what, what we do. So I help writers sometimes, but I mostly help business leaders and nonprofit leaders to be able to clarify who they are, what they are about, and what their next right step is. And so simplify, clarify, and take their next right step. So that looks like coaching and consulting. We also lead experiences and mastermind dinners and gatherings and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, if you're interested or you're doing those kind of gatherings, I'd love to, to share later. Yeah? Do I ever push someone off a ledge? That's incriminating. <laughs> Just for the record, no, I, I never have. Um, I help people make their next right decision. Some people are in toxic environments and need to leave. Some people have gotten themselves into toxic patterns and need to learn to get healthy and stay. And so my belief is stay as long as you possibly can in that right time, in that moment, until you've been released um, by somebody else or, or yourself. And so there is a time to be able to do that. But until somebody has come down from the overwhelm, they can't make the next right decision. And so I believe health comes first and then impact. It's you know, kind of these things are, that are sown into the universe that we know that it's seeds that are nurtured and grown into the fruit. And I think many times we're comparing your fruit to your fruit and we wonder why I just have a crappy version of your business is because I've tried to be you and realize that I do a poor job at it. So sure, at times we help people make their next right decision and sometimes that's to get out of there or restart um, or clarify their business from doing eight things to one thing. Uh, I think there's mindset and then there are tactics. And so the mindset is if somebody doesn't actually believe they're better together, then they will go in with this, either the scarcity mentality or at most the partnership, which is reciprocity. Reciprocity and generosity are very different from each other. Um, reciprocity goes in and it makes sense. It's a one-to-one -one and, and that's good, and right? That drives profit many times um, and that can build the profit of a business, but it doesn't build the spark, the mindset, the people you're incredibly loyal to years down the line. And so I think that difference between reciprocity and generosity, that's a mindset. And then sometimes the tactics of just saying, what is the best way to connect other people? Some people want to meet for coffee and some people say, I cannot take one more meeting. Could you please just shoot me a text introduction? Um, I think it's different from business to business. I work with a lot of life coaches and leadership coaches that say to me, um, hey, can you go schedule through this link? I use Calendly these days. And if I trust you and give you the link, you go ahead and schedule. Um, but in terms of the tactics are really different. Some people do not want to meet face to face and just want to do Zoom calls even if they're two miles away. So that I think varies, but what I found is people will never truly work together for the long haul um, if it's only transactional, because eventually you don't get what you're looking for. 
It's got to be generative and generosity that breeds more generosity. <laughs> um, a guy calls me the other day. Uh, he was in DC traffic when he listened to our podcast. He realized that he needed coaching. He was heading toward burnout. This is uh, a medical doctor in DC. He drives an hour and a half to work each way, which is probably like four miles. Uh, and he realizes, if I do more of this, I'm gonna head toward burnout. My kids, my wife do not deserve this. I wanna keep my medical practice up. Uh, he sends the contact form, and we are two sessions into coaching. And I'm telling you, the paradigm shifts have happened. My favorite is 10 sessions, 10 tools and 10 sessions. There's just something that tends to happen um, over you know, weeks and months together where you keep making your next right decision versus like, come away for a weekend, and we're going to cram all this information into you. Information is limited, but transformation just keeps giving. And so what I found is that you can cram a little bit in, but then we got to wait a few weeks. What's your next right step? If we're not experientially learning, people aren't getting it. People learn by questions and next steps. And so, um, I mean, I've had people get their nights and weekends back. I've had people say, I'm going on dates with my little daughter again. I'm like wiping the tears away. I'm like, that's what it's about. My wife and I actually have time for fun again. We're getting away. I can actually sleep again. I mean, these are things I hear every single week which is incredible. Um, people are saying, I made the right next decision to sell my office building, to put that money into a house across the country, and our family's moving to a place we thought we could never move because it was too expensive, but that's the good life for us. That's the question a lot of times we ask. What is the good life for you, and how do we get you there in those steps? A lot of them around time, priorities, energy, somebody heading toward burnout. I've, been, I've had people right on the edge like you're talking about, and I really can't talk them off the ledge. Uh, only hungry people change. And so we only change when we really feel like we have to or we really want to. And so I enter with that paradigm that I will only work with hungry people and I will never work harder on their life than they're willing to work. There's things in us we can't name. When somebody says, how'd you do that? You say, what, what do you mean? Because it's native genius. You can't see it, it's always been with you. I've always been a connector. I've always believed that one plus one equals 12,000 or 12 million. Um, but I didn't know everybody else didn't believe that. Does that make sense? Like it's just kind of in you. You could always do that. Um, and Seth Godin says that not all artists uh, can draw, but all artists can see. And so my art, I can see how you plus you equals a new business or a next step or something. And so that, that vision, uh, I have people vision. Somebody named that one time and said, Alan, you're always introducing me to the right person. And I'm like, tell me more about that. Uh, and so I thought that was normal. And he said, no, I come to you and I need to meet the next right person for the next right thing. And so part of that was actually I had to say, well, I'm not gonna introduce everybody because they need to trust my introduction. When somebody says, hey, uh, if you find the right person for this role and I promise them I will only send you who I believe is the right person with competency and capacity and character. Um, and then other people have spoken it into me over the years. I didn't know coaching was a thing. I certainly didn't know you could get paid for it. I just knew that you just sit down and you have conversations with people and I'm endlessly curious about your capacity and your next steps. And somebody one day was like, there's this thing called coaching. Like you actually can get paid for it, it's crazy. And I'm like, oh, I had no idea. And so I actually discovered it on accident, but it was two people that were speaking those things into me that were reflecting them like a mirror back to me. Otherwise, I had no idea what was, was stuck in here. Uh, the next barrier is finding the right ops person for us. We need an operations person slash admin. We gotta hybrid some things together. Um, my inbox is getting more and more crowded and I'm doing email triage. 
uh, of like, yep, that one, yep, that one, nope, not this one. How did I you know, subscribe to 8,000 things that come in every single week? Uh, and so somebody that can help uh, transition that to that first appointment is where I know what we call a breakthrough coaching session, where I know at the breakthrough session, are we working with these people? Can our team of coaches work with them? Or is that a no-go to kind of filter for hunger? So honestly, that's our next step. And also we're, we're 2Xing our podcast and we're gonna need to hire an editor and move somebody else around for that. You can kind of limp through the tech stuff for a while, um, but that's, that's our next thing is actually bumping those guys up um, probably 10 or 15 hours, two hires for 10 or 15 hours. Um, love to do full-time, right? But uh, because we're bootstrapping, um, we also call it stress equity, right? Uh, bootstrapping. So our next kind of equity we're building in of more stress are going to be those two jumps. I sat with one yesterday who charges a whole lot more money than I do. He's a whole lot better than I am. And I asked him questions ahead of time and actually try to live out those three things I talked about. Uh, the humility, the hunger, and the preparation. And so when he said he'd get together, I said, here are the eight or 10 questions that I've got, here you go. He answered them ahead of time. So we didn't have all that much to talk about. And I said, awesome, you gave me the answers. Let's talk about your story. And this guy shared his story and we built that trust. And uh, at the end, he's, we're already scheming, hey, what about this and what about that? So I just sit down with people and I think generosity is giving your best stuff away. He gave his best stuff away and now He's entrusting it to me, right? That I'm not going to steal it or mis, you know, mistreat it or, or whatever. And to think, man, that's trust. That's a deposit that he made in me um, because he saw, I'm sure, some of that humility, some of that hunger to go, dude, you're in a different league than I am. I mean, it's unbelievable what you're doing. Thank you for even giving me an hour. Well, he gave me 90 minutes because we all want to give, right? We all want to be generous, but we can't do that unwisely. And so I just ask. Uh, a lot of times people may be doing something similar. Um, I'll invite them out to Colorado. Guys, we have this amazing field trip people don't mind coming to. And I'll say, hey, I'll give you two days. So I cancel my meetings for two days. They'll come in, we'll whiteboard for a day, and then we'll go up to the mountains the second day. Best stuff always comes out on day two. So I sort of dare people to take two days off. And if you're willing to come out here and buy a $400 plane ticket, I'm willing to cancel my meetings for two days. So that's a lot of how I like to collaborate is up there. But do I love coffee? Yes, it's always a spark. We serve it in our neighborhood, do our neighbors every Friday, and it's awesome. Keep yourselves healthy and make the next right introduction to somebody else. If you give your best stuff away, uh, we know that every ship in the harbor rises as that water level rises. So continue to give your best stuff away and continue to stay healthy and do what you are doing because that is a gift to our community. So thank you guys for what you do. Today was another good one. Guys, we want to remind you, we are here for you, whether it's just for some inspiration, you go over to our Instagram page or our Facebook page. If it's for coaching, head on over to stayforth.com. You can take a peek at all the things we do, but especially at coaching, that may be really helpful for you. And you are processing the complexities in this season. You are probably tired in this season. So if we can also just remind you, please rest. Set aside time for rest in this season, your evenings, your weekends, your Sabbath, and of course, planning ahead for some vacation time, some time away to breathe and rest this summer is a crucial part of our lives. You can't go the long haul without it. God invites us into rest. Even when we feel like life in the world's in a state of chaos and crisis, please take time to rest. Guys, thanks for tuning into the podcast. You can catch us every Tuesday and Thursday with new episodes here at the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Shot, shot, we focus so long.